Taiwan reported no new local COVID infections on Wednesday for the first time since May 9th. Health Minister Chen Shizhong said that although Taiwan has hit zero once again, there may still be undetected cases in the community. He urged people not to let their guard down despite the good news. I'll now report on today's COVID cases. This outcome was extremely hard won. Today, we have zero new local infections, one imported case and one COVID-related death. More than 92.5% of infected people have been released from isolation. Of course, I think that everyone is glad to see the case count reach zero. But this does not mean that we are COVID-free. That's still a way to go. But in any case, we can say the epidemic has stabilized. Moving forward, we'll be able to carry out extremely detailed contact tracing for future cases. Chen also said that the CECC would closely monitor the situation over the next two weeks before deciding whether to further loosen COVID restrictions starting September 7th. Turning now to Kaohsiung, three stranded mountain communities have regained their access to the outside world. They were cut off in early August when a mudslide destroyed part of the Mingba Kelu Bridge. Officials say restoring the bridge will take several more months. But thanks to a new makeshift road, locals can now reach stores and medical facilities below the mountain. It's early in the morning and a long line has already formed. Over 17 days of construction, a makeshift path was built to allow access to Mingbakelu Bridge. Locals were eager to hit the road. One local was shipping a truckload of ripe mangoes to sell below the mountain. Another was going to see a doctor. For them, this makeshift access route was a welcome relief. But it was no consolation for the family of Taoyuan District Representative Xie Yizhen, who was swept away by a mudslide when surveying damage at Yusui Creek. Search teams have failed to recover her body. Her grieving family was seen at the site on Wednesday. If trucks can't remove all this mud, it'll be impossible to find her. There is too much mud. The bridge is open again, but there's still no sign of Xie, and her family is racked with anxiety. Taiwan's highway authority held a rite on Wednesday to pray that no more natural disasters befall the site and disrupt the roadworks that remain. The roadworks at Yusui Creek took about 10 days. There was a sudden rock slide that destroyed our progress, but the construction crew did not give up. The new access path could be destroyed in a blink by volatile weather. Officials say the region is prone to afternoon rock slides. For now, the path will be open for two hours a day only, from 7 to 8 a.m. and noon to 1 p.m. President Tsai Ing-wen has made headlines in Japan after getting a shot of the Taiwan-developed Medigen vaccine on Monday. A report by Tokyo-based TBS News noted that the injection was live-streamed to set an example for her country. In related news, Japanese public broadcaster NHK used the name Taiwan when introducing the island's Paralympic national team. Taiwan, yes. 
Just as it did during the Olympic opening ceremony, Japan's NHK used the name Taiwan when introducing the island's Paralympic athletes. It was a choice well received by Japanese internet users. One said, I've been waiting in front of the TV to hear this sentence. Another said, just as expected, they said Taiwan. Another proclaimed, Taiwan is Taiwan. This week in Japan, Taiwan has garnered attention for another reason. President Tsai Ing-wen on Monday received a shot of the Taiwan-made Medigen COVID vaccine. She made headlines in Japan. The news reports detail how the injection was live-streamed to boost public confidence in the vaccine. Independent journalist Nojima Tsuyoshi, who spent years in Taiwan on assignment, left a comment on a news report. He said that amid oppression and intimidation from Beijing, Taiwan has focused efforts on producing its own disease prevention supplies and COVID vaccines. He said that Japan should learn from Taiwan's COVID experience. Another internet user wrote that the Taiwan-made vaccine appeared very reliable. One praised Tsai for setting an example for her country. Another said that Tsai's approach of getting vaccinated and leading by example should be emulated by Japanese politicians. Another commenter said that Taiwan was truly a politically advanced country. Not long ago, Japan also had to deal with vaccine shortages. So being able to develop its own vaccine is something that's very impressive for Japan. Japan feels that the Taiwan government has not only stayed a step ahead of the game and brought COVID under control, it's also managed to develop a domestic vaccine. On the Japanese internet, the mainstream opinion is that there are a lot of areas in which Japan can learn from Taiwan. According to the Taipei chief of Japanese newspaper Sankei Shimbun, many in Japan are eager to learn from Taiwan's COVID containment strategy. This could help further ties between the two countries, he said. Series Mania, one of Europe's most prestigious TV series festivals, will be held in France from August 26 to September 2nd. 40 countries around the world and 462 films have entered the festival's competition. This year, four Taiwanese works have been shortlisted for the competition. Their films will be showcased at the virtual Taiwan Pavilion at Series Mania. Director of Fragrance of the First Flower won the top prize at the pitching sessions. At this year's Series Mania, the Taiwan Pavilion is themed Rolling On with Taiwan Series. The Taiwanese miniseries Fragrance of First Flower was chosen to represent Taiwan in the Series Mania short forms competition. In addition, Taiwanese crime mystery novel The Spectre and Samaj has been shortlisted for the book to screen contest. The the winner will be adapted into a TV series. The first episode would be about police partners setting foot on Taiwan's only coral reef island, Xiaoliuqiu. During this time, they encounter a series of murders. The Taiwan Creative Content Agency is helping to put Taiwan TV series on display at the virtual Taiwan Pavilion at Series Mania. Why Series Mania? This exhibition is the most international and largest exhibition in the world. Many buyers from all over the world, including Netflix and important English-speaking buyers from North America, will participate. Through the Taiwan Pavilion, Taika hopes to launch Taiwanese TV series into the international market and introduce Taiwan series to the world. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Chen Shenhan in Taipei. 
Business sentiment worsened in July for the manufacturing and service sectors, according to a Taipei-based think tank. The Taiwan Institute of Economic Research released its latest business climate survey on Wednesday. Its composite index for the surveys service sector dropped 1.34 points from a month earlier, falling for a fourth consecutive month. Restaurants have reopened for dining in. With the easing of the epidemic, domestic consumption is picking up after losing momentum in the month of July. According to data compiled by the Taiwan Institute of Economic Research, the business climate worsened last month in both the manufacturing and service sectors. Sentiment improved only in the construction industry. Manufacturing was affected by recent supply chain instabilities, the abnormal climate and impact from the Delta COVID virus. Sentiment in the sector turned slightly conservative. As for domestic demand, because COVID restrictions had not been fully lifted, the numbers dropped a bit more. According to Tier, the manufacturing sector struggled in July. Under the impact of Delta and global supply chain disruptions, manufacturing also faced pressure from material shortages and rising freight rates. As a result, the business climate worsened slightly compared to June. As for the service sector, sentiment fell by 1.34 points, an improvement compared to the 5.46 point drop one month before. But Tier says the sector remains in urgent need of stimulus. For the month of August, going off a survey conducted by the Economics Ministry's Department of Statistics, retail and catering sales should be higher than July levels. We hope that sales will rebound gradually as they had last year. Although the easing pandemic is expected to drive spending, last month's stock market correction could offset its effects. The closures of physical stores further complicate recovery. According to Tier, businesses don't see revenues changing in the second half of the year. Tier says that improving the vaccination rate will be key to restoring domestic demand. Letters sold at an auction revealed how Adolf Hitler rejected Chiang Kai-shek's request for help at a time when Japan was mounting an invasion of China. This package of correspondence dates between 1936 and 1938, around the start of the Second Sino-Japanese War. Its contents show Chiang pleading with Hitler to step in and sway the Japanese to get China a better peace deal. For months, Hitler turned down Chiang's request, giving Japan time to ramp up its assault to a full-scale war. Alexander Historical Auctions has kicked off its 2021 summer session. Already sold is a package of letters between Chiang Kai-shek and Adolf Hitler during the Second Sino-Japanese War. The lot contains 17 diplomatic letters collected from Germany's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Reich Chancellery, and the Embassy of the Republic of China in Germany, among other institutions. Going up for auction on Thursday is another historical rarity, a letter and signed envelope by Mao Zedong. This lot is expected to fetch up to 150 50,000 U.S. dollars, or about 4.2 million NT. Chang's diplomatic letters have sold for 8,000 U.S. dollars, or about 223,000 NT. The correspondence shows how Hitler rejected Chang's plea for help in the lead-up to World War II. 
Before the Sino-Japanese War, relations between the nationalist government and Germany were extremely good. The nationalist government's main military advisors all came from Germany. But afterward, there was conflict during the Second Sino-Japanese War after the Marco Polo Bridge incident. That shifted relations between Germany, China and Japan, and relations weren't so good anymore. The Marco Polo Bridge incident in July 1937 is regarded as the start of the Second Sino-Japanese War. It came after years of Japanese occupation in northern China. In August 1937, the devastating Battle of Shanghai erupted. Three months of fighting later, the battle ended in a victory for Japan. Japanese troops then captured Nanjing, starting a six-week episode of atrocities known as the Nanjing Massacre. Over the course of these events, Chiang implored Hitler to intervene and negotiate better terms for China in a peace treaty with Japan. A third country could have stepped in to mediate, but for this third country, it was very obvious that for Germany, its relationship with Japan was more important than its relationship with the nationalist government. In the end, Germany chose to support Japan. Because of that, in the end, the nationalist government had to seek support from other countries for things such as military advisors. At the auction, Chiang's letters piqued strong global interest. Mao's rare items are also expected to draw intense bidding. The two figures' famous rivalry is set to play out under the hammer. In the age of the pandemic, many people have turned to delivery as a way to expand their income. For some, it's a side job. But for really dedicated delivery riders, it's serious business. Let's meet one delivery writer in Taipei's Beitou who's made a name as the hardest working delivery person in the area. Every day at 4 p.m., Mr. Bai gets back on his motorbike and heads to his reliable stamping ground. He's a local of Beitou, and this is his patch. Unrivaled knowledge of the area makes him a delivery demon. Now 41, Mr. Bai previously worked in a hair salon for a decade. Two years ago, a friend told him delivery was getting bigger and bigger and delivery earnings were not to sniff at. So he decided to turn to a life on the road. Now he takes five days off a month and makes monthly earnings of up to 80,000 NT. There's no other job I could do now. I'm not young anymore. It's not as easy as you think. That's true for every profession, probably. My highest record was 13 hours in one day, and I climbed more than 101 flights of stairs. It's a race against the clock to collect orders. On average, fast food orders get picked up within one minute. Every day, he gets up to start work at 8 a.m. and doesn't stop until 9 p.m. That way, he can get in 13 hours, including the rush hours from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. He makes at least 53 deliveries a day up and down the mountains. The farthest he goes is all the way to Chinese Culture University. I wait here. Maybe I plan to do three or four orders in one hour. But if I wait for the next order to be done, I can only do one or two. If the order takes longer than one waiting time, then I alert the company to give it to the next rider, which means they will combine it with their other orders. Mr. Bai says his income has grown massively since two years ago. He plans to stay in the business as long as he can. The 2021 Michelin Guide is out. 
featuring 34 restaurants in Taipei, more than in any previous edition. The list also recognizes five eateries in Taichung. Taipei's Palais de Chine was awarded three Michelin stars for the fourth year in a row. Eight restaurants in Taipei scored a two-star rating. One is L'Atelier de Joël Robuchon, which serves up French classics. Taiwan now has 25 restaurants with a one-star rating, seven of which are newcomers to the guide. As for Taichung, it has two new one-star restaurants, including a modern European restaurant called Xie. Taichung has one two-star restaurant, JL Studio, which specializes in Southeast Asian cuisine. Many young professionals choose to head back to the countryside after a career in the city. We met two Hakka chefs who have set up businesses based on local community produce. From Yilan duck to Xinju tangerines, they've got something for every gourmet. Elon's local cherry duck is fried in the pan until golden and crispy. A cuttlefish and potato puree sets the stage for vegetables drenched in red wine. A garnish of snow pea sprouts finishes this duck confit. We choose many ingredients local to Elan, such as a local duck, pomelo and kumquat. They all go in our restaurant's dishes. We also made excellent links with the community when we arrived. Though restaurant owner Huang Wenyi grew up here, he moved away before coming back to found the eatery. He uses natural objects like driftwood as decorations to create a rustic European atmosphere, focusing on local and sustainable business. He wants to encourage more Hakka youth to start companies. The specialty here is the seaside, so we use lots of flotsam and jetsam to make artwork. Our team has done countryside revitalization projects across Taiwan. We have outposts in different places. Trying to go it alone will never work. We put a lot of attention on cultivating the youth. Another successful Hakka business is this brick oven bakery in Shinju. Baker Zhou Tinglun slides the dough into the oven. Everything is made with natural, local ingredients, from the basil and cheese bun to the tangerine and oriental beauty tea loaf. We came back to the area because we wanted to use our food on agricultural education and local ingredients. Our bread contains oriental beauty tea and ponken tangerines. We combined the most famous produce from Elmei Township to make a really local feeling Hakka flavor. Joe hopes visitors will touch and enjoy the local countryside through his bread, and his environmental education will help make local life more sustainable. As the pandemic rages on, disinfection is a global obsession. The central bank has issued some advice on how to disinfect cash. Using disinfectant liquids like alcohol is okay for coins, but some people try to clean bills by blasting them in an oven or microwave. Now that's more risk than it's worth, says the bank. At this restaurant, cash is disinfected as soon as it comes in, coins and bills. Some are washed in alcohol, others baked in an oven or microwave to kill germs. Bleach can kill germs, dilute it a bit and spray it on like alcohol. Businesses are coming up with lots of ways to operate normally with less risk. Alcohol is the most common choice. But now the central bank has warned on Facebook that spraying alcohol and using ovens or microwaves are all a bad idea for paper cash. They can warp or damage bills. Using ultraviolet light is better. For coins, it's okay to scrub with alcohol, soapy water or other disinfecting liquids and then leave to dry. 
The bank also tried to reassure the public, saying they isolate bills that come into their possession for two weeks before packaging them up at 150 degrees Celsius to go back into circulation. That should destroy some viruses, but the restaurant owners aren't convinced. We put it straight in a bowl. I get customers to put cash inside it and pick up their own change. Before the next customer comes, I spray alcohol. Then I put the money that comes in into a cash bag and I spray that too. I'm always spraying. We spray our hands before taking cash. And then again, after we hand over change, we spray the coins too. Cash is one of the most heavily handled items in the restaurant industry. But next time you have some bills to clean, skip the oven or the microwave. Unless you're curious to try burning money.